Welcome to Exploring the Seasons of Life, a podcast for women with a big heart on a spiritual journey. I'm your host, Cindy McMillan, and I'm joined today by Manisha Tare. Each week, I interview coaches and spiritual explorers from all walks of life about beginnings, endings, and the messy bits in between. Self-love, well-being, and mindset are at the heart of our conversations because once you change the inside, the outside will begin to change as well. This is the last episode in the self-care series called Life in Full Bloom, Living from the Inside Out. And I am so delighted to introduce Manisha. Manisha is a somatic healing practitioner and mentor who works with ambitious women to help them transform their personal relationships by helping them understand how they operate as highly sensitive beings put the right self-care practices into place, and feel more confident setting boundaries through healing past experiences and rewiring their nervous systems. She has 20-plus years of experience working with clients and students as an occupational therapist, yoga and meditation teacher, craniosacral therapist, energy healer, and mentor. Manisha, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I really appreciate you being with me. Thank you so much for having me. I, I loved what you shared at the beginning about self, uh, self-care self and shifting inside and how it allows you to shift outside. I just really resonate with that so much. So, so happy to be here. Oh, thank you. And, and it really is, isn't it? The way we feel on the inside, it really does... I'm going to use the term manifest on the outside. Absolutely. What does exploring the seasons of life mean to you personally or in your business? Yeah, I, I, uh, you know, my first business name was actually called um, Falling Leaf Yoga when I was mainly a yoga instructor at the time. And so I love the idea of the seasons and especially the fall because it's such a time of shedding. And so shedding and kind of regrouping and like, you know, hibernating. And so I really like thinking about it in that way. And so I've certainly, you know, experienced all of those things myself, maybe not in the appropriate season all the time. (laughs) But, um, but yeah, I think that in my life, it, it just means like really living cyclically and like, you know, allowing myself to to learn and to grow and then to get to this point where there's maybe a culmination point, like where I think about the moon cycle and the full moon culminating. And then it's like after that, like, okay, well, what's working? What should I keep? What makes sense? Like, what do I now need to let go? So I really think about that in my personal life, too, with different relationships and um, business in terms of, yeah, like how we work with different clients or how our services might shift a little bit, you know, like really tuning in to, to that larger, like personal season. And Manisha, I, I love it because as I've talked to different guests and, you know, and they've talked about what that means to them, it's actually just broadened my horizon on looking at that in in so many different ways. So thank you. Yeah, absolutely. I when I introduced you, I talked talked about being an occupational therapist. So what has your journey been like moving from occupational therapist working in a trauma hospital 
to somatic and intuitive healing. Yeah, it's such an, you know, when you look at those two things, and I always think when I look at those two things next to each other, they don't necessarily make a whole lot of sense. But in my personal journey, the reason I got into occupational therapy and studied that is because I really wanted to work with children. And so I had done some different observations of different like allied medical professionals. And I really loved, you know, how the therapist was working with the kids and just bringing so much joy to that. And so I studied that and I, my first job was in a trauma hospital. And so I was working mainly with adults at that point. And I kind of love that too. Cause I, I love like the, the whole like hospital system was so fascinating to me at that time. So I think like that being my first job, like really just opened my eyes to healthcare in a different way. And then I really focused um, after a few years of doing that, I focused more on working with kids and, a lot of very young kids, like mostly birth to three and some birth to five. So definitely on the younger side and a lot of kids with different sensory issues, some are on the spectrum, other kids had developmental um, disabilities. And what I was noticing was that I was helping support them in terms of like different accommodations and certainly like teaching skills and building muscles and coordination. But I could tell like there was something else underneath, like in their sensory system, like they didn't feel like they were able to regulate. And so I got really interested in the nervous system. And that's when I started studying this modality called craniosacral therapy. And for those of your listeners who might not be familiar with that, it's an osteopathic technique. You're really like working with the the structure of the bones, but also the muscles and the fascia to like to shift and allow our own cerebral spinal fluid in our bodies to flow more freely. And so it has quite a powerful healing effect. It's a very subtle modality, but it has a very powerful healing effect. And that's when I started to like make the connection as I studied that and worked with adults of like how much emotion and past experiences we had stored in our bodies. So my original intention was to take that back to working with kids, but I was just became so fascinated with like, what people were holding in their bodies and like the memories that it could allow this type of work, you know, what could be released that I really started diving into that a lot more working with adults, like helping them to uh, resolve like old traumatic experiences or just past difficult experiences. And um, I had a practice in Washington, D.C., but I moved to the West Coast. And when I moved, I didn't want to restart an in-person practice. And this was before COVID, when like before everything went online. <laughs> so <laughs> pre-COVID, um, I just happened to move. And so I took like all of my experiences and training the way I was working with people. And I started doing practicing that virtually. And so I have just kind of developed my own method over time, like by blending a lot of the different training and experiences that I've had. And it's just really been amazing to see um, when we help people really get in touch with their bodies and help regulate their nervous systems as they get a little more still, a little bit more um, focused inwards, the connections that they start to make and what they're really able to let go of because of those connections and like that full acknowledgement of maybe an experience or what happened. Um, so they don't have to hold on to it anymore. You know, I was reading this quote by Marilyn Van Derber. I may not be saying that exactly right, but, and she said, all emotions 
Even those that are suppressed and unexpressed have physical effects. Unexpressed emotions tend to stay in the body like small ticking time bombs. They are illnesses in incubation. And that's kind of what you're saying, right? Absolutely. You started making that making that connection. I find that fascinating that our body stores all that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really remarkable. And I have seen people make connections to things that they like did not even realize was still like a lingering memory for them. Um, or something that, you know, they've said, gosh, I haven't thought about that in like 20 years or 30 years or however long, but like somewhere in their psyche, like something was still hanging out there. Um, and then just to share a little bit of my, my personal story with that, I had um, a shoulder injury that seemed to come out of nowhere and it turned out and became a frozen shoulder. So if anyone's familiar with that, that is extremely painful. And um, it, it didn't quite make sense because I was teaching yoga at the time, I was pretty active. So it was just kind of this thing where I was like, I don't understand like what is happening to my body. This makes no sense. And so I really went on that journey personally of like trying to understand that and then realizing like, oh, this is connected to much more than my body. And, you know, although while I did go to physical therapy and acupuncture and all of those like modalities helped, I also started digging more into like the emotional and the energetics. And I found that when I was able to look at all of that, then my body healed faster. Can we just take just a step back and maybe for our listeners who don't know, don't know what somatic healing is. Could you just talk about that a little bit? Uh, yes, absolutely. Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Um, yeah, so somatic healing is meaning um, when you're focused on the body for healing. And so, you know, the distinction I like to make with people is, you know, so many times we have something that we're trying to figure out and our, our society is very cognitive and mental and like thinking oriented. And so we try to like piece it together and think it through in our minds, but our bodies really have so much wisdom, you know, in the sensations, like in the nervous butterflies or in the heart racing, or just like an a pinch or an ache or a pain, like all of those things can really be messages if we allow them to be. And so because these old experiences that we may not have fully processed are sitting in our bodies or they're sitting like in our tissues. And so when we really drop into the body with our awareness, with our breath, maybe it's, it is like a holistic physical modality, or maybe you're doing something like yoga or different things like that, but you're tuned inward, you're noticing the subtle sensations, you're sitting with the discomfort, you're changing like that pattern and that resonance and that energy. And so your experience of your thoughts um, and how you experience them and perceive them can change because you're changing the energetics of it. So the, let me just kind of think about this. If we're having pain somewhere and it doesn't matter necessarily where it is, and when we're tuning into our bodies and we're tuning into our energy, could we use journaling to help help that process? So I would... When I work with my clients, I will sometimes invite them to journal afterwards. Like the process, just to kind of give more of a tangible experience, might be someone will um, 
share like something that is maybe triggering them in their life, like in their relationship, you know, like my partner said this and this is how I reacted. And so they're like feeling all of these things and feeling this like flood of emotions. And so with that, um, you know, we'll talk about a little bit of what happened. So of course we understand the larger context of it and then I'll invite them like, okay, like let's get a little bit more still. Let's, let's like feel this in your body you know, bring your uh, memory to like when that happened, like what happened? What did the person say? Like, not like, what did you say? But like, where did you feel it? You know, and sometimes they'll be like, oh, I felt this pounding in my chest or I was so angry or like I could feel this like pressure behind my eyes because I was going to have a flood of tears or those types of things. So then we like work with that and like shift that. And then after that, I might say like, you know, why don't you write on like a couple of prompts that I might offer them and like kind of help integrate what shifted. So it's not necessarily during the process, but after it can be a really great place to kind of integrate and um, like solidify whatever it is that you've like message you've gotten or shift you've made or something like that. And then Nisha, I like the way you just explained that about, you know, how you went through that process with your with your clients. So I appreciate you taking us through that. And I know how important it is to clear and nurture our personal energy on a regular basis. Can you give just two or three tips on how do we take care of our energy? Yeah. So my number one tip if, is if you can get out into nature, that is really ideal. Like connecting with any energy of nature, like even just feeling the air on your skin, you know, like watching the trees, like in a breeze, like there's just something in that energetic, like the connecting in with that the natural harmony of the earth that's like so clearing and so healing if you don't if you can't get yourself outside um i per- personally meditation is a, a good one for me as i know sometimes people um want to meditate but they feel like oh it's too quiet or i don't know my mind starts to go i think listening to like music maybe without words it's more like meditation music can be great especially with like good headphones, you know, where you're really just like dropping in, um, is a great way to, to kind of clear our energy, but also just bring us back into a little bit more of a still state. Um, and I also will, um, I think, you know, I'm also a yoga practitioner, so like that's one of my go-tos, but if you're not necessarily like so into movement, I would, um, I think even writing, like you mentioned journaling before, can be a great way because we've got so much going on in our minds. And so um, I love this practice. I recommend it to almost every client. It's called Morning Pages. It's by a woman named Julia Cameron. She's written a book called The Artist's Way. And she has a practice in there where she invites people to do three pages of like free writing in the morning, kind of like a big brain dump. And so that can be a really great way to kind of keep everything clear and not, um, and like not give space for things to build up over time. And then you feel like, I don't even know why I'm upset or I don't even know what's going on because there's just been so many things and you, you, you know, you can't like track all of them. Exactly. And I was just talking to a friend today about about journaling because I cannot say that I journal every day because I don't, but I, I get so much out of it. And I was encouraging her to, you know, to do the journaling. Yeah. 
Absolutely. So all the things that you just talked about, about taking care of our energy, could also be probably connected to what I was going to talk about was, how do you define self-care? And I really wanted to spend some time talking about the ripple effect of a self-care practice, especially as we move into November and December with the holidays. Yeah, yes. The So I think typically, and I don't know what will happen this year, but uh, even though November, December in the Northern Hemisphere is like the darker time, the quieter, yet more yin time, uh, where the uh, where we're having you know more darkness and less light, it because of the holidays, it kind of shifts. Like people are more outwards, they're traveling a ton, like they're gathering a lot, and so I think it can be confusing almost for our bodies because on one level we like want to be more quiet and cozy you know but then there's a we're surrounded by a lot of people or there's just like a lot more activity and I think for if you have if you kind of consider yourself an introvert or you really enjoy that quiet time that can be tricky too I think for extroverts it's probably a different experience but I would say that even if you're in the midst of enjoying all of that and being with family like taking like daily quiet time is so important and like being able to find a sense of stillness inside is really the way that I would recommend connecting in with that darker energy just of the season especially if you're in the northern hemisphere because that constant movement or that constant go 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 Um, can really like rev up our nervous systems. And, you know, I think also if you're dealing with a lot of travel or family, like there's just like more opportunities to maybe get triggered in a way that when you're doing like your daily routine and all of that stuff, like it it just doesn't happen as much. And so I think it's important to even like think about that and take extra care of like, how can I give myself like you know, pockets of, I like to call it preventative quiet time, you know, like where you're giving yourself that stillness, like on some kind of regular basis, but then also like have times where, you know, like, well, I'm probably going to have a lot of interaction and maybe that's going to just create like a little bit of overwhelm for my system. So let me make sure I schedule in some downtime for when I know that I'm going to have like extra activity. So you can do it preventatively and you can be proactive about it too. And then, you know, then you can like kind of roll with the season a little bit, I think like with more ease, because at least like from the front end, if you know you're a person that needs that, you've kind of built in pockets of it so that you don't have to be feeling like overwhelmed or reactive or pressured in the moment. And um, I'll just speak to the, you know, that ripple effect. I think like when we don't do that, that is when we feel like agitated and reactive and we might say and do things that we then have to clean up later. And it's like, who wants to do that? You know, so as best as we can, right? Like we're obviously human, but I think if you know that that's what you need, then like literally put it on your calendar, you know, like build it into your schedule. And I love that you actually brought that up about here we are, it's we're in the going into winter, but yet we're having all these holiday get togethers and shopping and doing different things and how that can actually confuse 
the body. Mm-hmm. I, I just had a guest on recently who talked about the menstrual cycle and the, and the season, you know, moon um, cycles. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so that just reminded me of that when you said that about how the, yep. those two things can kind of um, have a conflict. But I love your idea of, of having the, you know, your pockets of, of quiet time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it really helps. And I think when we take that time to to do that, and then we get the benefit of it on the other side, it's just because we're motivating. Because I know on the front end, it can feel like, I don't really know if I can do that. Or, you know, I'm like staying at someone else's home, or I'm doing this, like, how am I really going to do that? But I, and, and I get it. I mean, you know, sometimes it's just not realistic. But I think when we can do that, it really changes our experience so much. And I feel like, well, don't, you know, don't we want to have a good experience like when we're doing all these things? So it might be worth like the slight schedule change or, you know, feeling like, oh, I'm maybe asking someone to accommodate me a little bit here and there. But I think ultimately it ends up being like a better situation. And still kind of keeping with the holidays and, and everything, what kind of physical manifestations of stress and anxiety show up in the body? And and I'm thinking about that. And again, because by the time this episode comes out, we'll be like right as in going into November and, you know, Thanksgiving yeah. and then um, Christmas and like I said, in the shopping and yeah. all that. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. I'm sorry. I was just going to say, so, you know, if people are, are stressing themselves out, trying to find the perfect mm-hmm. gift which mm-hmm. that's not what it's about, mm-hmm. folks. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> what what do you um, see that comes up in the body as a physical manifestation of that? And what can they do for it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's such a good question. I mean, so many of the clients that I worked with more when I was doing body work before I, I mean, and this still happens when I'm doing like the more distance work, but migraines, um, digestive issues, like low back pain, if the digestive issues continue, like maybe move into IBS, which is irritable bowel syndrome. So just like a lot of these things where, you know, our bodies are out of sync, like we might be moving faster than our body wants. Just like what I was saying before, it's like we have all these activities, but our body's like, but we're going into the dark season. Like, why are we moving so fast? Like what's going on? You know, so I think that if you have a tendency towards like, those types of things like it's just worth looking at to see if there is another connection there to see like well what happens if I slow it down a little bit or create a little bit more space in my schedule or start to notice even some of the precursors to some of these things because I find that when people become more aware that some of these physical issues are also related or, or stress contributes to them, they start to notice like, oh yeah, you know, I feel like the beginnings of this coming on, like this symptom or that symptom, but like in the past, because they've sort of gotten used to it or aren't really paying attention to it, they might ignore that and only stop like when it becomes like the full blown migraine and you have to like now lay in a dark room for hours, you know, instead of like starting to catch that earlier. So I would say, you know, if this is resonating for you and if you're like, oh yeah, I kind of have that, especially when I'm stressed and busy, start to like pay attention to what are some precursors for you. 
You know, like your body's giving you some messages before the big message comes. And so notice that and then kind of take a look at like, can you correlate it with a schedule thing? Can you correlate it with maybe um, an argument that you had with somebody or can you correlate it with like stress around seeing certain people or having a certain conversation? Like, I think that that becomes the investigative part of it that we might not realize if we're just like rushing through life. So does that help? Yeah, absolutely. Because what I'm hearing you say is it's really about self-awareness. Yes, so much so. Mm -hmm. So what words of advice would you have for another woman who is looking to embark on a healing career? Well, I would, yeah, invite her to think about like what, you know, what does she personally connect with? Um, I think that so many times when we do healing work, it's like in some way connected to or brought on by like our own personal experience. And then you might study it or, you you know, you might do all of these different things to, to gain experience and like supporting other people. But, you know, I think that if you're drawn to it, that's one thing it's like right there like so definitely explore it and then like kind of like what lights you up around it you know is it something more body based is it something more energetic based is it something more psychology based and like just you know take a class like follow um like work with a practitioner perhaps like in that modality for a little bit like see if you really like it and like what that brings up for you and then um yeah it's I think it's really like following the little threads because if I look back on like how I got here I kind of just was like I really want to work with kids and oh this is an interesting way to do that let me study this profession get into it and then oh I love yoga let me study yoga and meditation let me practice it oh what's this like nervous system thing like study cranial work and then Like it just kind of one thing like led me to the next thing. And I, um, I, you know, I think of myself as like a sensitive, uh, someone who has a sensitive nervous system. Um, And so that's, those are the kinds of people I'm drawn to because I get it, you know? So it's like, it can bring all my training and experience in. And then I, but I also have these like personal qualities and characteristics where I really feel like, oh, I get this kind of person. I can help them because... I understand it personally, and I understand it, like, professionally. So. Oh, Manisha, um, I I am the same way. When I, when I have an idea about wanting to learn something, because I consider learning one of my, my top core values, you know, I'm just, yeah. like, following those threads, as you're saying, and, and, but after a while, I've, I've accumulated. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so much. I bet. <laughs> oh, well, what is something that people are often surprised to learn about you? Oh, gosh, I love that question. Um, this is going to sound a little, this is going to sound a little bit funny, but like, I actually am a little bit, sar- I'm kind of sarcastic. I have like a dry sense of humor. And I think that sometimes if people meet me in the yoga world, or if I'm supporting them around healing, like, that humor doesn't come out in that way necessarily. So like, I think when people connect with me personally and then hear that, they're like, oh, okay. Like, I didn't realize you were funny. It's like, oh, well, 
Well, yeah, I, I think you, I guess. I don't know. So, yeah. Um, well, yeah. But that's <laughs> nice to have a, have a you know, a, a funny or quirky type of personality. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just, you know, it's interesting because I don't think I fully realized that. But then, you know, you start to, like, get to know people personally sometimes after you've, like, taught the yoga for a while like you get to know them outside of class and you have like other types of relationships with them and so I was like oh that's so funny like I don't you know I just like it didn't cross over but I feel like it's so important because I'm like well that's just part of who I am so you know even like on my own journey just like allowing like more of my personality to to be seen it doesn't mean anything in one way or the other but it's funny how sometimes especially for me in the beginning of my like more of this work like I think I was like more serious and you know I was like oh I have to like be professional but I'm like oh no but you have to be a whole person (laughs) so yeah it's a great question and that that leads me to what would you tell your 18 year old self about Mm. the season you're in right now Oh, I love that question. You know, I think I would just, I would just like encourage her to like follow the threads because I think she, uh, you know, definitely like went on a path or thought there was like a path and like a way to do it. And I would just really tell her like, it's okay, like just trust it. And even if it takes you like in a wayward direction or seem seemingly wayward, like you're just going to always end up like where you're supposed to be and that's part of the journey and the learning yeah absolutely it is well can you tell the listeners how to find you how to work with you sure thank you yeah so i am on instagram and my handle is my name at manisha terry i also have a facebook group um, it's called reclaim yourself and i do trainings and um, share resources and tips in there like around you know things that we talked about today, like looking at that connection between our body, mind, and spirit, like setting boundaries, like working with your nervous system, like feeling more confident, all of that stuff. So I would love to connect with people in the group or they can find me on on my Instagram page. And my website is my, also my full name, manishatari.com. And right now the way I work with people is mainly one-on-one and I take them through a 16 week program and to, you know, bring that awareness in to start to make those connections to heal their nervous system, past experiences, and like really become a lot more confident in setting those boundaries, taking care of themselves and really improving their relationships because so many people, that's like where a lot of stress comes in. You know, it's like the relationships are the joy and they also often bring a lot of stress when, you know, we're going through our own stuff. So I find really, as you said at the very beginning, like when you do that work to heal the inside pieces, like the outside pieces, like will sh- will show themselves and reveal themselves. People's relationships really um, blossom and change over time because they're showing up differently, like more confident and empowered. Mm, that's wonderful. And I will have all that in the show notes. Do you have any parting words for us? I would just say kind of on the note of the wonderful questions you asked, you know, really look at this season, like the actual season that we're in of moving into winter, take the time to check in with your body, really ask your body every single morning, like what your body needs. 
and listen and give that and like really develop that relationship, that reciprocal relationship. And, you know, things will, you'll, you're, you'll connect more to your intuition. You'll feel better. You'll feel lighter because like you're building that internal connection. Thank you so much. You have given our listeners so much to work with and so, so many golden nuggets. I appreciate it so much. Thank you so much for having me. It was so great to connect with you. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Leaving a rating and review helps to improve rankings in iTunes. It shows engagement, which may attract sponsors, and it is essential for the podcast to be discovered by new listeners. Plus, it would mean the world to me. Thanks again. Until next time, live inspired.